you need to build social proof about why when you open your mouth, they already perceive you as being better than average, dare I say, an expert. And that's part of the game for you as an independent, small firm competing against the big box guys and gals. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show tonight here. It's draft night, Craig. Oh, baby. We got a mock draft. No, just kidding. Right right down the street from me right now. I might go over to my buddy's there. He's, uh, they got the whole thing at the Bellagio set up. It's really, really cool looking, but. That'd be fun. Yeah. Cali instead. So we'll we'll see what happens here. (laughs) Hey, we had a great uh, successful sales boot camp. Had about 20 advisors, which we wanted to cap it at in Vegas here. Red Rock Casino. Beautiful. Good time. And we walked through. Really, I mean, it was talking about what else do we talk about? Sales and marketing, just going into a deeper dive of essentially laying out a process, walking through it, a little bit of a reminder. They say salespeople need to be reminded more than they need to be taught. What do you think about that, Craig? No bad at doubt it. Yeah, no question. I mean, if you, well, assuming you've read any sales books or had any sales training, which frankly, most people haven't. That's the sad, sad part of this industry is, you know, the people get in it and they think they need all this product knowledge. And that's, I think, why we do so well with the youngsters, right? The young bucks, the Luke Skywalkers of the world, because, you know, we can capture them before they get tainted with all this bad industry, you know, uh, rules. Because what do we say? There are no rules. And you need a lot less technical knowledge and a lot more sales and marketing knowledge, right? Yeah, if you can sell better. Yeah, I mean it's it's just twofold, really, guys. It, if you look at it, it, it's it's not that hard. If you can get in front of, generate leads to get in front of prospects, and we're always talking cold calls. If you get anything other than that, good for you. That's not most of the audience. But if you can get in front of people, and then you could just gradually get better at closing, then you're going to have a lot of success. And we're not talking about. You know, look, you go see 100 people, people are going to hate their broker, as we like to call it. They're not going to like their wife. So they're going to get divorced and they're going to marry you. But the majority won't. And so they're looking to date you for a while before they get married to you. And then you can convince them and convert them later once they know, like, and trust you. Um, but, yeah, let's see here. We had um, what's up, Mike from Mile High. If you're watching it on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, let us know where you're calling in from. All right. Um, so yeah, what do we want to go over today, Craig? We want to, do we want to cover a little bit of the boot camp? what we talked about and just refresh them? What do you think? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me where you want to go. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we, started, we, we started out real briefly guys. It's like, let's figure out how to get good at the first meeting. Everything is in the first meeting. That's the start of it. And most people are going in with, kind of blind and going in and I used to watch an old advisor and I never understood it. Just go in legal pad pen and go, you know, Hey, how you doing? What do you got? And start asking questions. And it just, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, you're not, they're not going in to see a doctor where they're just going to throw up and tell you everything that's wrong with them. It, it doesn't work that way. We don't have the leisure of a doctor uh, uh, as far as a doctor doing that. So you know, some of the things we talk about was how much stuff 
pre-meeting you could do. I mean, we covered that for a half hour of all the things that you could do prior to the meeting. And we talked about selling in advance. Instead of having to sell yourself in the meeting, there's stuff that you could do pre-meeting, like a shock and awe package, which most people didn't even understand, I guess. Never heard of before. Heard of. And that can do all the selling for you, all the credibility for you. You can, you can hold off on giving them your whole story and your why and all that. I personally, I don't know. I'm not a big why guy, this, that, and the other, depending on the buyer, you know, maybe if it's an HR person, but a CEO, I mean, it's kind of reminds me of LinkedIn right now, these days. Heads up advisor, we got popular from LinkedIn doing self-funding seven years ago. LinkedIn now is just a platform where people, I guess these LinkedIn influencers, Craig's, have told all these brokers that people want to hear your story and they want to hear about your personal side. Guys, you're yeah. dealing with CEOs and CFOs. If you think that they're on LinkedIn wanting to hear about personal stories of a health insurance broker and that's going to make you them do business with you, I mean, you've got... Yeah, it just it doesn't work that way in our business. It may work for us to brokers. Brokers want to be found. It's a different personality type. But guys, stop it. Nobody cares. They don't care about you. All they care about is how are you going to fix my problem? My tax strategist, when he called me, he didn't tell me his why on why he wants to help business owner taxes, nothing that. I just said, look, here's my problem. Fix the problem. Can you fix it? Right? And so let's think about that a little bit when we're going to these meetings is, is they don't really care. Yeah. Think about that five minute intro where you go, well, when I got out of college, I thought I wanted to do that. And I backed into insurance. You know, nobody actually comes out of college and says, I want to go into insurance. They usually, everybody sort of backpedals into insurance through some other job. And so you think about the far too many brokers don't think about being on the other side of this talk. Going So I'm sitting here for five minutes at least waiting for you to get through to this story. I don't even know you. What I, You haven't given me any reasons why I should care. And so, um, yeah, guys have to be careful about that. How big our company is. How many years have we been in business? Yeah, get that to the point. Was, that's all shit that you could send in advance. If you really want to show that, you want to yeah. play the size because you have the size, great. That's a play that you could do. Put it in a shock and all package. I used to have a camera case. Wish I could find it. And basically, you know, again, it was a hundred bucks each, but who cares? It's a hundred dollar prospect. You know, you, you're going to see 50 people. If you go see 50 people a year, it's five grand. Big deal. It's going to make, it's going to make a big difference. Basically, it had this book in it. It had magazine cover, but it had a, ten, a tablet, an Amazon tablet that we hacked and it would play my testimonial videos for my clients every time you swiped it. So again, tangible item that they're not going to throw away necessarily. You know, I don't want to say it didn't have my logo on it because that's the giftology thing. I just got a gift from somebody and they sent me a big plaque to say I was a producer for them with their logo on it. Why do I want to put that on my wall? Another story, but the point of it is it's a tangible item. They're not going to throw it out. It's not a mug with my logo on it. Like they have, a reason to keep it, but it's a tangible item that they're probably not going to throw away and give to their kids. But every time they sh turn it on, they're going to swipe it open. They're going to remember me. So just a little something that we put together, Craig, which some shit you put in your chalk and all. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's a kind of a 
you're, you're going granular. Let me, let me take it out and go, you know, macro picture. If you're, you know, you're an independent broker, consultant advisor, and you're trying or small company trying to compete against a big regional or a big box chain store, national chain store, you know, We've talked about this many times. You can't compete at their level. They will crush you. So you have to figure out ways to build your credibility and your authority without you having to go in and say all the things you've done, where you've been published and how you did this. And No, you, you do that all in advance. So you create digital assets. You create social proof. You create things that when they do a Google search, you will own the first page of Google at least based on who you are, what you've done, what you've written, where you've been interviewed, which radio shows you've been on, which podcasts you've been on, what television news interviews you've done, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not hard to do. And so now before you ever show up, if you've delivered what John just referred to as a shock and awe package, you might have your article, your magazine, your book, your, your, uh, what do you call it? That Amazon Fire Stick or whatever that is. You know, right? the little, the little player, the little video player, and they, they open it up and go, hey, you know, at the end, your closes, and you keep this for your troubles, right? This is the completely usable. Give it to your kids, your grandkids. But in the meantime, you've made the point, right? You know the lifetime value of a customer. If you don't know what that means, go read a book. My God. Right. So, you know, the lifetime value of a customer is $50,000. Wouldn't you spend a hundred dollars to get a $50,000 client of uh, help you would. And so now you don't worry about investing, not spending, investing in your prospects, but in order to do it, you got to have good stuff. So you need to build social proof about why, when you open your mouth, they already perceive you as being better than average, dare I say, an expert. And that's part of the game for you as an independent, small firm competing against the big box guys and gals because you don't have the brand, you don't have the name, you don't have the, the panage, you don't have the name recognition. So create it. It's very doable. Right, John? So simple. Caveman can do it. Mike Smith out there in tennis in uh, Jacksonville has Jacksonville's got the number one pick. I actually thought about you today or yesterday, Mike. I was thinking about that group that we went in at, and we uh, I didn't realize that they had that area population, and we went with a regional and a direct contract, and we would have went in with Cigna. I think we closed that account, but that's another story. I don't know if they're coming up for renewal. I can't remember the renewal date, but uh, stay on them. He was a buyer. All right, contacts. If you're going into the meeting and you don't know, obviously you know who you're meeting with, but who's side to 5,500? Who's the owner? Who's the CFO? Um, Please don't show up and go, so what do you guys do here? <laughs> oh, my God. You you really, I mean, you should be flogged for, for doing stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's Everything's available online now. That's that's what uh, that old advisor that I first uh, shared an office space. What you should do. So so, what do you guys do here? It's like, come on, how unprepared could you show that you are going into this meeting? I mean, it's really it's really bad. You're spending, you know, seven eight hundred dollars at least per lead. In my opinion, maybe it's a thousand these days with inflation to get in front of these people's and you're not taking the time to do any research. You've got a team, you've got an account manager. Just give them a checklist. This is simple guys, a checklist. Who are the contacts? They should have your link, their LinkedIn profiles printed out. Okay. So you can conversate 
or think of ideas or, or, or ways to position your value prop into their language and talk about things that they did in advance. Any prior positions that they were in, um, you know, where they lived, associations. Biggest thing, too, is is news. Right, Craig, we were talking about the other day is I remember 400-something life group when I was definitely was a really big group and I was nervous going in. And I looked up the news and I think released some product. They made, I don't know, plastic product, released it. Yeah. I opened up this division. I walked I walked in and I mentioned it right when I was walking into the meeting with him because he met me at the door. And the guy went on for a half hour. He was so excited about it. And yeah, all I did was what's everybody's favorite subject themselves, right? And and if you're talking to an executive, their baby, this company, I mean, this is their baby. They're they're excited. I was on a call last week, John, with a a, a nice national brand. I researched them because I have some unique databases. And I said, Hey, you know, I was reading about you guys prior to our call, and I saw that KKR and JP Morgan gave you fifty million dollars for acquisitions. What can you tell me about that? And they were like, How'd you hear about that? I mean, it doesn't matter. Well, tell me about the acquisitions. What do you guys have planning? I mean, what, what's going to happen to your body count? You know, and so, boom, we were started. That's the kind of conversation. You didn't ask you know, them about, it gives you an advantage. You about their health care plan when you get it, got in there? Yeah. How much is the deductible? <laughs> Come on. What's your deductible? Uh, that being said, you know, um, we'll, we'll cover that pre-meeting is I talked about um, a que- maybe a questionnaire in advance. There's two ways to do it. You can send an email and go, so we can make this meeting more productive. Can you just fill in the blanks for a couple of these question preliminary questions I have? The more data you have in advance, the more you can come up with a strategy and an angle to go in with. Don't go in with what I want angle though. Don't always go and always have a backup plan. Yeah, it can be a survey. Yeah, John. I mean, you saw well, my. If you want to know, yeah, yeah. Most my my opinion. Some of the most important things are total enroll, total annual spend. You've got to look at, you can identify by a per employee per year, what type of employee you're dealing with. And really, if your story is self-funding, you know, if it's too low, there's not much you're going to be able to do. So why waste your time? Maybe you go in because they hate their broker. Maybe you get it. But what are the odds of that? It's a lot lower. So go in there prepared. You at least have a story to sell and tell and have preliminary data that you can have a conversation about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, simple things. Look, if you were going to send a survey in advance, you could ask them things like, hey, is healthcare at your organization considered an investment or is it just a it's a minimum must have expense that we got to do? Right. Or who, what's most important asset in your company? Is it your people? Is it your products? Is it your intellectual property? Uh, you know, and you ask them questions like that and you find out before you show up what their attitudes are about healthcare, what their attitudes are about their employees. And, and that, that is part of the, you know, it's kind of a paint by numbers. You're, you're, you've got an empty canvas. And so before you show up, it's possible for you to, you know, have some of the boxes painted in already by just doing some research or maybe sending him a survey and asking him to send it in advance of the meeting so you can be more productive, get more out of it in a shorter period of time. Or worst case, they, they fill it out and they hold it for you when you get there. And you, you've only got, you know, five or 10 or questions and you can quickly scan this and go, okay, they said it's a minimum cost of doing business and products are their most important asset. Guess what? 
They probably have 80 to 90% single employees and 10 to 15, 20% with family because they're cheap on healthcare, right? So all of, all of a sudden you can tie all of this in really quickly and you already know what their attitude is. And so you better not be talking to them about something that's inconsistent with they, what they already have shown you. Does that make sense, yeah. John? Yeah. I think yeah. Um, any advantage you could have, well, we'll keep going on this just because there's a lot to tell. One, one trick that I, I, um, well, let me look something up here. I just want to try to find something. Um, one trick that I heard a chiropractor do, which I thought was brilliant. You know, I don't, you know, I don't like to call in advance to confirm the meeting because it gives them an out. But if they were, if they were far away, you know, it was a two hour drive. You know, I used to get, you know, nervous. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe I need to confirm because I want to drive down there and just in case and confirm the address. So, you know, this chiropractor called me the night before and I saw the call coming in and I knew they were calling to confirm my back was killing me. So I was going either way. But what they said was, Hey, John, Hey, this is so-and-so from chiropractor. Um, which want to let you know, we're real excited to see you tomorrow. See you at 2 PM. And basically what they did was they're confirming my appointment but they didn't say, hey, and give me an out. They just said, hey, we're excited to see you. See you at two, right? It was very uh, it was very smooth, and that's something you could do that you can transition to and say, Bob, while I have you for a minute, can you mind if I ask you a couple quick questions and make our meeting more efficient? And then you can have a pre-meeting on the phone for a few minutes before yeah, you no more get three, in. Three questions, that's it. Cut yourself yeah. off. Yeah. You can have a quick meeting. I, I really like to do that. And, you know, sometimes it may not be with the CFO, maybe with the HR person or something that can give you some inside information, but just another way to, um, to get some information before you go into the meeting. Hey, cause I, I got friends in Montana, Kansas, Nebraska, my God, they, I mean, it's not uncommon to drive one to four hours to a meeting. So if you guys and gals are out there, you better confirm that appointment before you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, um, let me just see here what else I got. Hey, we're going to be having the webinar. Those that don't show sponsor Virtue Health, check us out. We're going to have another webinar next Tuesday. First, we're going to have the first week every Tuesday. So um, May 3rd, and we're going to talk about it. Again, the dates on this might be wrong. I've got to update the image here. But why traditional stop loss fails small to mid-sized businesses? If you didn't see that webinar, you want to check it out. You need to understand the ins and out and the pitfalls of it and what you're going to run into. Most of you don't even understand minimum attachment point if you're not level funding. Might want to look that up. I guarantee um, you will learn at least two unique ways to talk about self-funding. Oh, that's a yeah, that's another way. That's another thing you'll learn on the thing. But you know, obviously the virtual health solution is built around providing small to mid-sized businesses the reinsurance component. Guess a small component but something that allows them to stay long-term in self-funding. If you don't insure the plan right, it's going to be a short-term play. Again, short-term solution, traditional stop-loss for a long-term strategy. You're going to run into problems. The bad years are coming. I only see them more and more now. Paul Carroll's in here from Vegas. What's up, Paul? Free is tough to beat. I don't know where that was from. Yeah, free. Um, so... <laughs> Check us out on the uh, the webinar next week. Make sure you get registered. Um, what else we got here? All right, yeah. let's go. Let's move we, over. we talked about how to how to look and 
and sound different than the incumbent or what they're used to, right? The traditional brokerage report. So what we're talking about is that it look different. Well, if you've, if you've created the, the shock and awe box and sent it to them in advance, I guarantee you uh, nobody's ever done that before in this industry. So that's a good way to start. John, it was super yeah. productive for you, right? Always works. Oh yeah. It always works. I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's a game changer. I mean, I'm not even going to tell the story I always tell, but yeah, yeah the, the, what I did from one meeting one year where he said, who the hell are you to the next meeting, meet me at the door and take me around the office was all because of the shock and awe pack, shock and awe package, state in the lead or state, the agenda, take the lead. You know what most of these guys want. And I think mistakes that we've made, I made in the beginning was, is we kind of go in and try to become you you act as a supplicant and you're like, well, what do you want? How can I help you? Instead of coming in and stating the agenda and taking the lead, great, Bob, thanks for having us, da 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 here's what we're going to be talking about. Is there anything on you here you see on this agenda? And again, quick, short agenda. Do you see anything on here uh, that you don't want to talk about, that you want to skip over, that we could fast forward through, or that we're missing? Point in, case in point, a case that we were talking about earlier that we, Mike in Jacksonville, I did that. The guy had a very fast personality like me, and he just wanted me to cut right through the point. So I cut most of the meeting out because he told me exactly what he wanted. Again, you're taking control of the meeting. You're showing them that you're leading. You're in control. As Orrin Clef talks about frame control, if you haven't picked up the book, Orrin Clef, what's the, what's the name of that book again? How to Pitch Anything. Pitch Anything? Yeah, or Flip the Script, either one. Yeah. They're both So, awesome. I mean, simple agenda. Right. Here's uh let me see if I can see if I can see some of the script here. Now keep in mind, you know, when he's talking about taking control of the meeting, if your personality is such that that makes you uncomfortable, I gotta tell you, you gotta learn how to be comfortable becoming uncomfortable because once you get on the other side of it, it's not a big deal. This is just a, a automatic tapes that play in your head that say, That makes me uncomfortable. I'm afraid, so therefore I'll procrastinate and it will just I just won't do that. Okay. It's going to take you a lot of pitches to make sales. Okay. Uh, as you go upstream, right. If you deal with, you know, mom and pop shops who love that personal story, that's great. If you want to write a lot of two to 10 life groups, but you know, that's a tough way to make a living. So when you go upstream, you need to have a, a more effective and efficient presentation that can explain what your value proposition in and the value to them in terms of results and outcomes that are measurable, predictable, and repeatable. Or you can just talk about what a you know great life you've had and and all whatever else you say. But learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Take charge, right? Um, being a consultant doesn't mean you know that you you throw up. I've seen you know five stacks of four inch. Look at all the work we've done. Quotes, right, John? You ever seen that broker? And then they go, so you guys look at it and then tell us what you want, and, and we'll we'll implement it. Yeah, they want you to take control and authority. Here's a quick just script. Again, tweak it, work it to the way you want to work it. Let me walk you through our agenda very quickly to make sure things align with what your expectations are in today's meeting. First, we will uh, start by asking you some discovery questions to learn more about your business and your business challenges related to managing risk, recruitment. Obviously, that's important these days. Retention, new talent acquisition, turnover, M&A, revenues, margins, profit, and overhead. Then if that sounds 
then if it sounds like I can help and we have experience solving your problem, and I think we're a good fit, I'll explain what it is we do in a situation like yours. And at the end, you can make a decision whether you want to continue down the existing path of your current arrangement and its inevitable costs or be part of our objective conflict-free consulting that will provide you an independent analysis of all your options. Does that sound good to you? Again, generic overview, but if you can work that and tweak that in a conversational manner, that's really what you're looking for. And then you wait for them and say it's okay to move forward before you start you know, hitting them up with questions. I think, yeah, we wrote this again, guys, some of this stuff is from the top consultants in the world, top consulting program, Sam Ovens program. I mean, Al Weiss's stuff, Craig's language, tweaking it for our industry. But again, this is not something that is just made up. This stuff works. It's, it's human psychology. We say, Craig. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, you can just have a simple question. Like, hey, before we begin, I understand that you have competing demands. We have competing demands. You got priorities. Sometimes things happen. Before we begin, is anything, is your hair on fire today? Are you, you know, did you just put down your fireman's cap before we came into the meeting? Anything that keeps us from having our 30-minute scheduled meeting? Anybody can say that. You can ask that question. You go, great. Okay, so I've got your undivided attention for 30 minutes. Boom, go. Let's go. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you may, you know, go this route or have to go this route. You got to be a chameleon. Yes. You want to, you know, you Jordan Bell talks about keeping them on the straight line. You want to keep them on the line. But again, uh, if they want to go faster, they want to skip through to something, you know, get through it. Yeah. We're both the same. If you want to go faster, Oh, I'm all in <laughs> please. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's the, op- you know, taking the agenda open talk. I mean, Craig, let me just pull up here. You you know, we had some questions. I don't know if you want to fire off some of, you know, just open diagnostic questions or where are the ones that we had drafted? I'm looking for them. Bear with me. Yeah, I mean, just, just some. Oh, well, some I mean, you ask them how's questions. business, how are revenues, are revenues, you know, are you growing? Is it flat, right? What What's that mean for margins, right? Uh, they going up, they flat, they going down. Who's squeezing you on your supply chain? I mean, which which of your vendors is really putting it to you? Great. Yeah. Well, you know, healthcare is the same way. You know, healthcare really is very similar to your business. It has a supply chain, right? You got you got the hospitals and the surgeries and the pharmacies and the docs, and you know, they're putting a squeeze to everybody every year. How's inflation affecting your business? You know, the government published eight and a half percent inflation last week. Now that's it's kind of laughable, right? Have you filled your gas tank with gas? Was it? Do you think it was only eight percent? Oh well, those inconvenient truths—they just leave that out of the calculation. You know, the one that they used to do in the seventies and the eighties, and they just keep modifying it. So let's just call it eight and a half. Okay, sign fine. But you know what's happened to healthcare for the last three decades? It goes up at two to five times the rate of published inflation. Now, I don't know about you, but the idea of 16 to 25% rate increases for the next three years, that would scare the hell out of me. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. That's an easy conversation. Yeah, look here. I'm going to show you something. Here's a, a CFO. Um, let's see what it was. CFO from Mercer survey um, asking questions here. Let me just see here. Are you concerned there about inflation? One. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, Reason for remaining fully insured, 44% value predictability. Predictable to go up every year. Wow. That's not risky to you? (laughs) 
Yeah. That's what I'd be good at. Let me let me comment on these, you know, ridiculous assumptions. Yeah. Don't have enough staff and resources to manage self-insured plan. And again, these are big box change store sending a survey and sending, you know, the stuff that they want them to answer with to keep yes. them fully insured. Right. Exactly. Right. I've told you the story. I mean, I'm in a, a, a municipality with 400,000 employees and their national big box chain store has trained them to say the following answer. Why, why aren't you self-insured with 400,000? Oh, that's too risky. <laughs> I mean, 400, 400,000. You, you should go to jail for being that bad at your job. Really? Well, yeah. yeah so, it, yeah, trained. those kind of, you know, those surveys give you ammunition to have conversations, right? The savings isn't enough. Now, that's a fascinating yeah, we inquiry. Gave, we gave that other one. Jesus. We gave that other one. Uh, it was a download uh, a week or two ago on Heads of Advisor site with uh, the, that survey from the union. There's another one. The savings isn't enough. Again, savings isn't enough. When? Probably for the year. But they're not selling long term because they come in every year, and this yeah. is what they sell about. And that's well, where you and, and, shift the conversation to long term strategy. Are are you well, going to be part of the scam? It's part of the scam, right? Well, CFO who answer, asked that answered that question. I'd be like, well, first, you know, words are important, so I'd first need to know what, what do you mean by savings, right? Does that mean the amount of that your rate increase is below the peer benchmark? That's considered savings, right? So the peer benchmark six and a half, and your consultant's done an excellent job bringing it in at three and a half. So your savings are three percent. No, see, that's not really the definition of savings, right? That's a less bad rate increase, but on a hundred million dollar budget, three percent increase, three and a half percent means you lost three and a half million dollars, and you've done that for the last four years. Fourteen million dollars. I mean, eventually this adds up to real money, right? How many FTEs is that? How much revenue does the company have to generate to net? $14 million on and on and on. What, what could the $14 million have been used for? Right. Have you cost shifted in the same four years that the broker, the consultant advisor did such a great job getting a savings versus the peer benchmark. Have you ever had to cost shift to your employees by increasing their premium contributions? Yeah. Well, did you look at, was it actually that cost shift more than their pay increase during COVID? Did you get a pay increase? Skipped a year, had a year, you have 3.3%. Did you do the math? Are your employees actually working for less money than they were four years ago because of the cost shift, because of the savings derived by your consultant who lost you less money than theoretically your peer benchmark? Now, these are interesting conversations to me, right? Because that's not savings. And if you're fully insured, you can't expect anything but that. Hey, we're already 33 minutes in. We're going to, we're not going to give them everything from the boot camp here, but here, here, here's, here's the one where, you know, shout out to Clayton Wood who gave us this. So basically to how to weather the healthcare costs, inflations, claims, quality play both defense and offense. Now let's hear what their ideas are. Play defense, introduce or raise budget margins to prepare for greater claims volatility. This is their Increase strategy. Your budget, damn it. Hey, raise your budget to pay more. That's that's the strategy. Start renewals earlier so there's enough time to understand and negotiate pricing components. What what exactly are you negotiating? Are you negotiating the cost of the claim? If you start early, you're going to negotiate the cost of the claims next year? No. You're going to try to beat up the 10% fixed cost and get that number down because that's all they understand and know. 
It's 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 comical, guys. But this is this is the competition that controls 80, 90 percent of groups over 150 lives. Right. Here's another one. Virtual services can improve access and save employees money by eliminating the cost of transportation, <laughs> child care and time off from work when seeking care. Virtual <laughs> care has been around for 13, 14 years. Where the hell have they been? Yeah. Model the impact of rising cost on employees, both payroll contributions and out-of-pocket costs. In today's tight labor market, cost management must be balanced with attraction and retention goals. I mean, again, this is this is their here. lips are moving, but they're not saying anything. Refining in cost growth without shifting costs may require trade-offs, such as offering employees low-cost plans with smaller provider networks. Craig, you love that one. Oh, the old high-performance network. Well, offer them a lower-cost plan with smaller yeah. networks. So cut benefits and shift costs. That's their, this is their strategy. And this is your Same competition. for 15 years, right? Shift costs, reduce benefits, or limit access to care by giving them a narrower network. Same thing, same echo chamber, same circus, different clowns, 15 years. Yeah, a mon- oh, I missed the first one. Monitor medical and prescription drug costs versus budget more frequently. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that necessarily, but um, no, no idea on how to actually get consulting advice on how to actually lower the cost of the claim um, or the frequency and severity of claims is like Craig likes to say. But I mean, guys, comical. There's some ideas. There's some thoughts in the first meeting. Some ideas how to have a conversation. We'll have to keep reminding you. Show sponsor Virtue Health. Make sure you check us out. Register for the webinar. Let me drop it in the uh, the box here. Final thoughts, yeah. Craig. Yeah. Hey, if you uh, if you like today tonight's talk with just you know twenty five minutes extemporaneously, imagine a day, day and a half of this, hours of it, the amount of money you could make, the differentiation you could actually deliver, and find out if you qualify. We're going to have another. We're going to have another one, aren't we? We're going to have another training session. We're going to have one in Orange County, California. I think okay. the next one may be in Orange County. We'll have one in Tennessee, one in Texas. You can go to them. Reach yeah. out to Crystal, crystal at virtualliance.com. See if you qualify for the next boot camp. It's going to be fun. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, same place, same time. Heads up, advisor. Hey, if you're listening on the podcast, check us out live. Every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Be good, guys. Take care.